This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So just a reminder, if you're getting the Value Investing Podcast, make sure you're also getting the Zach's Market Edge. That's my other podcast that I do every week. And on that podcast, sometimes I'll have guests, sometimes I won't. They're all my Zach's colleagues, but we look at a little bit different topics, but we're still covering stocks. So if you're interested in getting even more stock picks or just interested in listening to podcasts about, you know, whether or not we're going to have a recession, whether or not you should sell those growth stocks, those FANG stocks, all that stuff, um, whatever else is going on, commodities, we've covered that. Um, be sure to subscribe over for the Market Edge. Now, some of the podcasts show up uh, on the same platform. People on Apple Podcasts have told me that both Value Investor and Zach's Market Edge are on there together. But we also have standalone for the Value Investor podcast on uh, Apple. So uh, just look around for us. Look for both names, both the Value Investor podcast and the Zach's Market Edge podcast and get double double the info every week and double the stock picks. Okay, now to this week's episode of The Value Investor. So with energy and agriculture now selling off this summer, yes, unfortunately for us, those stocks are now down. There now remains almost nowhere to hide right now in this market as of July 2022. Not even the value stocks for the most part are holding up very well anymore. Um, But I still like the energy and the agriculture trade, and I do intend to cover those as we head through earnings season here on the Value Investor Podcast to figure out uh, which ones are deals, which ones should you be buying on this pullback in those sectors. But do not despair, value investors. We we know uh, we've been beaten up quite a bit over the years, right? So we know that these stocks are getting cheaper and they're even in a deeper sale, right? So if they were 10% off, now maybe some of them are 20% off. Some of the energy are even 30% off. That's a great sale. And now you know you can dollar cost average into your favorites on this weakness. I know it's hard to dollar cost average in, especially when we have this kind of market where we see a sell-off, then we get kind of like a mini little bull market, but then it sells off again on whatever headline or maybe some earnings reports. And we seemingly haven't found the bottom yet, but that is why dollar cost averaging is your friend because uh, you're not going all in and then getting mad at yourself, you know, a couple weeks or a couple months later as the stocks continue to decline. I mean, look at what Warren Buffett is doing with his Occidental Petroleum position. So he went all in a couple months ago when he bought the big position. And now he's over a 10% shareholder. But in recent weeks, as those shares have weakened, suddenly we were getting these updates because he has to update now with the SEC. And so we're getting these updates of, you know, 
Friday afternoon, oh, he bought 500 million. Oh, next week, like a Tuesday or something, he bought another 500 million. Oh, two days later after that, another 700 million. And so you can see him dollar cost averaging as those shares came down. Nothing wrong with that. He's got the extra cash sitting there. So as long as you too have the extra cash sitting there, I, I'm not saying you have the 500 million because I certainly don't, but whatever the extra cash is that you have, why not deploy these smaller amounts if you think it may go lower still? Um, I know I get these questions all the time on Twitter of like, well, Tracy, if you think it's going lower, why buy it all? That seems dumb because no one really knows, right? We don't know when it's going to bottom. Um, we might think we do. So nothing wrong with kind of deploying some of our money month after month. And we know this kind of strategy works because we're all doing it in our 401ks, right? We're not market timing that. That money is just coming out of our paychecks every month, sometimes twice a month, and then just going into whatever the market is at at that time. And it doesn't really bother us because we just kind of keep doing it. And so that can work in your favor if you're trying to buy these individual stock holdings as well. So in five years with dollar cost averaging, you will probably thank me. It's just right now where it feels painful if the market continues to decline. This also happened during like the super bear of 2000 to 2003. Many of us were dollar cost averaging, you know, starting at like late 2000. We did it all during 2001, but the shares kept going down, 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 at least if they were like, you know, gross stock type names. And then even 2002, down, down, down. So it became much more difficult to dollar cost average in that situation. But if we waited a number of years, even then that was working in our favor because it did eventually bottom and start to turn higher. So it takes a lot of patience, a lot of guts to dollar cost average, but it is a strategy that works in these types of bear markets. So now's your chance to deploy this kind of strategy. We don't always have the chance. We didn't have the chance in the coronavirus sell-off. Remember that one in March 2020? There really wasn't that much dollar cost averaging then because we had this swift sell-off that was only about 21 days. And then we had the big uh, rebound that didn't happen immediately, but was still fairly swift. Within you know several months, we were like back to the, the highs again. So there was a little bit of chance to dollar cost average in there. But even Warren Buffett member did not actually uh, get in during that sell-off, and he had to wait until now in 2022 to start to deploy. But uh, still, even though this sounds doom and gloom, right? Like, oh, everything is down, nothing is working. I still thought, well, there must be something out there that is trading near its highs. You know, some value stocks. Um, or even just some Zach's number one rank stocks. So I deployed a few of the screens that are on zax.com to try to figure out if anything was uh, trading near their highs, had some good fundamentals, was still cheap, and uh, you know had this kind of momentum even in this market. And um, not surprising, I didn't find much. I I thought 
I, I don't know. When I ran the screen, I'm like, what's gonna, what's going to show up in this? Uh, I thought maybe I'll be surprised, and there could be like 30 or 40 stocks or something strange that you know, small caps or something that I wasn't really paying attention to, or in an industry that has been off my radar that secretly is still trading near its highs. But alas, that was not the case. So we're not missing out on some secret industry out there that's doing well. Um, but there were some stocks in these screens. So I'm going to talk about them. So the first screen I ran was uh, called value stocks at 52-week highs, right? That sounds easy. So you know, were there any? I don't know, but I like it better than growth stocks at 52-week highs because I'm thinking there's not going to be any of those. But with value, maybe, maybe we might see some. And I would have guessed that there would be, you know, a decent number in the energy side because those were all value stocks and recently at 52-week highs. But recently was like a month ago now. And so they no longer are because again, as I mentioned early on, they, those have sold off double digits off those highs now. So they no longer qualify, but that's good because then we want to see what else is out there that is working. So this screen had Zach's rank of one or two and a value style score of A. And that's how it got the value in there. Now, remember the Zach's value score or the style scores that looks at typical value uh, fundamentals, but it like combines them all into one thing. So it does have like a PE in there, price to sales, you know, the usual ratios are mixed in with the value style score and A is the highest. So hopefully we're getting something with quite a bit of value and then we get the ranks of one or twos. Now there are uh, pretty many number ones and number two stocks. Remember Zach's number ones, those are the strong buys. There's only a little over 200 of those on any given day. I didn't run it today um, when I'm recording this, but it's usually around 220 or 230 stocks. I did run it to see how many there are of the number ones and number twos, which are the buys. And right now there's 980 of those. So quite a bit, almost a thousand stocks we could choose from in this screen, but we're combining it with being near the 52 week highs. And I think the screen runs within 10% of the highs. So it's almost there. I, I would say that's, you know, near enough to be 10% in this type of market. And then we have the style score of A. So I ran the screen and we only got four stocks. Now remember there's 980 that could be number ones and number twos, just that alone. But just four meet the other criteria here. And so that's pretty rare. Um, I was kind of shocked by this that even though value stocks are more in than growth stocks, only four of them are qualifying to be near those 52-week highs. So that just tells you kind of the over-weakness of this market and what's going on out there. It's very hard to find any kind of momentum stocks on the positive side. Plenty of momentum to the downside, right, on the bearish side, but not on the upside. But what are these rare creatures in the screen, let's dive right in and see what is going on. Who are the stocks that are with the good Zach's rank cheap and are trading near their highs? Okay, the first one out of the gate is H&R Block. 
HRB is the ticker. They have a market cap of about $6 billion, so they're not that small. We all know H&R Block, right? The um, financial services company, they do the tax forms pretty much. Um, so this one, everybody's liking right now. Apparently, year-to-date, shares are up 56.4%, trading near that high. PE is just 10 It has a peg ratio of 0.8 and it pays a dividend yielding 2.9%. So I'm liking all these aspects of it. It's got the good rank. It's cheap year to date up 56%. Um, The only question is going to be for all of the investors is how long can it hold on to this momentum? (laughs) You know, we're all now thinking like, eh, everything's going to tank eventually. Why do I want to buy these shares on the highs? Well, the shares aren't that expensive, but given everything else that's on sale, it is kind of hard to think about buying a stock on its highs. But uh, as our momentum experts here at Zach's always tell me, you know, highs breed new highs and it's like momentum upon momentum. It builds on itself. So for some reason, H&R Block is having that momentum right now and you get a dividend almost 3% for your troubles. So I'm kind of liking this one here. HRB is the ticker. Then the second stock, McKesson, ticker MCK. So if you're not familiar with McKesson, they got a 46 billion market cap. So they've been around a while, but from their website, it says they partner with care providers, pharmacies, manufacturers to safely deliver the right medicines. So that pretty much tells you where they're in healthcare side of things. Year-to-date, shares are up 31.3%. They too, pretty cheap. PE of 14.1. PEG is 1.5. Dividend is 0.6%, trading near those highs again. So this one's not quite as cheap as H&R Block, but still below the average of the S&P 500 here. So not you know, crazy expensive and a little bit of dividend, not quite as juicy as H&R Block. But if you're looking for the healthcare side, something with momentum, McKesson might want to be on your list, MCK. Then a company I think I've talked about maybe one other time, but I couldn't remember what it is they did, but I should have known from the ticker. It is Stride ticker LRN or learn, learn, tells you, gives you some clues about what they do. Market cap of 1.7 billion. So I did go to their website to look up exactly what it is they do. So they're a learning company that uses both online and blended learning solutions. They have professional skills training in healthcare and technology, like career learning. Uh, That's like adult Uh, learning. They also do uh, children, younger uh, online learning and things, but their adult side of things is what's been rising recently. And that's where they're seeing some good revenue growth. PE is just 15.2. PEG is 0.76. So got a little bit of growth there with that PEG under one. No dividend. And year to date, the shares are up 21.3%, but a little more volatile because it's a smaller cap company. 
And they share sold off in June, but are now rallying. If you go look at the chart, you kind of have to have a stronger stomach for these smaller cap stocks. That's just always how it is. On July 5th, they were added to the S&P small cap 600 index. So that's usually a boost for most stocks, kind of gives like legitimacy when you're added to these bigger indexes. So Stride now added to the S&P small cap 600. Um, but this is an area maybe a lot of people don't have exposure to, and there is strong growth there in addition to it being, you know, uh, decent valuations. Again, not dirt cheap at 15 times, but it does have the growth component too. So that's Stride LRN. And then the fourth stock in this screen is TransAlta. Uh, that's T-R-A-N-S, capital A-L-T-A. Ticker is T-A-C. T as in Tom, A as in Adam, C as in Cat. And this is a utility. Yes, one of the utilities made this list. It's Canadian with a market cap of $3.2 billion. Year to date, the shares are up just 4.3%, but we didn't screen for how much are they up. We only screened for are they near their highs. So Transalta is near the highs. So what they do is they're in wind, solar, hydro and gas operating in Canada, the U.S. and Australia. They've been around for 111 years. They started up in Calgary uh, in business and then they've expanded, but still headquartered, as I said, in Canada. So they focus on clean, low-cost electricity. PE, a little more expensive here at 18.1. We don't have a peg ratio for whatever reason. Uh, earnings expected to be up this year at 64 cents versus 23 cents last year. So that's a gain of 178%. But that wouldn't normally be normal for a utility, right? To see like huge uh, earnings gains like that. So in 2023, the analysts expected to pull back again, back down to 34 cents. So a decline there. So 23 cents last year, looking for 64 this year, but then back down to 34 cents next year. But you're not really buying a utility for its earnings growth per se. You do need to get them cheaper. So this one with the PE of 18.1, again, that doesn't really uh, excite me that much because I'm not going to get much of the growth, so I need to get uh, it really cheap or I need to get a bigger dividend to help me, uh, you know, with my return, basically, because the shares probably aren't going to be like, you know, Amazon anytime soon, either up or down, right? So that's kind of why you buy a utility. This one has a dividend, but it's yielding just 1.3%. So as an income, I'm not really getting much there for my patients, but this one also isn't plunging down like Amazon or some of the other growth stocks are doing right now, right? So it is still trading near its 52-week high, even though only up 4.3%. So that's TransAlta TAC. So since I only had four stocks, I decided, yeah, I really want to do a fifth one because we usually cover either three or five stocks here on the podcast. So I took a look at another screen just titled Zach's number one ranks at new highs. So this would cover some of the same stocks as was in the 
other screen I did because that was number ones plus number twos. But that screen, all four of those stocks on that screen were number twos. So none of those were number ones. <laughs> so, and that also include the style score. This does not, this was just number one rank and at new highs. So I ran this one thinking, well, you know, I should get a little bit more because it's stripping out the the value component there, um, even though it uh, lowers the number of stocks to only around 220. But alas, I only got two stocks in this one of the number ones trading near their highs, <laughs> only two. So I'm not going to tell you both, but I'm going to. I did pick out one because it was trading like right at the highs, not even just, you know, seven or 8% below. No, it was like at the highs. It gave me like zero on the new high component. So what stock is that? It's Murphy USA, ticker MUSA. And it's basically, like I said, at its highs. And what do they do? They are gas stations and they position themselves near the Walmart parking lots so that they get the Walmart traffic and then you just go over and buy your gas. Now, they also have the convenience store component and they operate both Murphy USA gasoline stations. You've probably seen those. Murphy Express, which is like the bigger one that you kind of see sometimes off the highway with more of the pumps. And then they have like a bigger convenience store with maybe like some more food in there. You know what I'm talking about. Um, and then Quick Check also is their third brand. So they have 1,686 stores. 1,151 are the Murphy USA gas stations, 376 are the Murphy Expresses, and just 159 quick checks. They have a market cap of $6.4 billion, and uh, this one year-to-date up 33.5%, and right at those highs, as I said. Now, what about valuation? Because I didn't include valuation in this. But not surprising, it still is a value stock. PE is 15, uh, has no peg, dividend does pay one, but yielding only 0.5% because the shares are up big. Uh, but still, we'll take it. We'll, we'll take anything these days on the dividend front, right? Uh, but not as juicy as like H&R Block, obviously. But this one is interesting. So the, the shares have been soaring on the high gasoline prices and no doubt they will see increased earnings because of what happened with the $6 um, a gallon average gasoline prices that we saw in June. But those prices have come down sharply again here into July, down like 40 or 50 cents uh, on average. And it's back under $5 a gallon on average nationwide. And it still continues to decline here, which is good for all of us, but might be not so great for the gas stations. So this is mostly just a play on traders, I feel, jumping in on those record high gasoline prices. And they were rewarded with the stock up over 30%. So not a bad uh, trade, basically. But some of this could be done and over now. So unlike the producers, which may not be done and over <laughs> and have, uh, you know, we still have WTI over $90 a barrel. They're still going to see super strong earnings and still paying it back to us. The uh, gasoline stations have different 
metrics and components and things that go into their earnings. And also they've got the convenience store side of things and also the labor cost side of things that's different than what maybe just like a producer or a refiner, um, you know, or even big oil has to deal with, although big oil also owns service stations. So uh, keep all those things in mind. I'm not sure on this one that I would be diving in right here at the highs, even though just trading around 15 times. This is one where uh, once those gasoline prices continue to decline, people are just going to take their profits and get out of there. So keep that in mind, Murphy USA, M-U-S-A. So there are some winners out there, but as we see, very few seem to have momentum. That's not a bad thing for those of us who are long-term investors because we're patient. Uh, we can stick around for a while and wait for our buying opportunities, right? Uh, it's the traders that are having a little more difficulty, as many of us know. So some of the traders in these five stocks are one of the few that are probably doing, you know, okay this year here in 2022, depending on when they got in here. But it's us longer term investors that, um, you know, we're getting hammered in everything. And though we can dollar cost average and, uh, you know, stick around waiting for things to turn, which they always do. Do So if you can't believe that your stock continues to fall, and we know some of those stocks, right? I, I see this on Twitter a lot on and on stock twits where people are like, I can't believe XYZ stock is still declining. Are people nuts? Or uh, I just saw an energy company mentioned that is a producer. It's trading at four times. They're going to have record earnings, but the stock continues to fall and is down almost 40% now off of its highs. Stocks like that, if you know the fundamentals, if you listen in on the conference calls, if you know things aren't as bad or as gloomy as they seem, or you just know, hey, I'm going to get a big dividend, even if the stock goes down a little bit more until things bottom out, I can at least get some of this dividend income and ride it out. Uh, if you have the long-term outlook of the three years, the five years, or the 10 years, as hard as it is, now might be the time to dollar cost average, as I mentioned at the top of the show, into some of your favorites because these screens I just did today gave us only six stocks total that are at their highs. So we're most of us are not finding anything that is trading at those 52-week uh, highs at all. And so we have to have a new strategy. We have to have a way to buy cheap stocks, which is what us value investors love to do. Get them on sale. As I always say, stocks are the only thing nobody wants to buy when they're on sale, right? We'll, we'll rush out if we see, you know, uh, outdoor furniture 30% off or, uh, you know, apparel, some, you know, one of our favorite retailers, oh, 50% off summer sale. We'll be like, woo, we'll go to that Nordstrom, you know, summer half year sale and buy our winter coat six months ahead of time because it's on sale, right? We'll do all those things. But stocks, stocks are the opposite. We get scared when they go on sale. We don't buy them when they get cheaper. 
But now is the time to, as I said, deploy a dollar cost averaging type of strategy because uh, that will help your psyche a bit and uh, allow you to buy even if the shares continue to decline. But buying on sale is what we do even in these difficult times. So let me recap the stocks we talked about here. We had H&R Block, HRB is the ticker. McKesson, MCK is the ticker there. Stride, which is the online learning, LRN is the ticker. Uh, what was that utility? Uh, TransAlta, TAC, um, uh, out of Canada. And then we had Murphy USA, the gas stations, M-U-S-A is the ticker there. So as always, be sure to subscribe somewhere to get all of our podcasts. I already mentioned this at the top of the show, but get us on Apple, get us on Spotify, get us on Amazon Music, or get us with the Zach's Market Edge on SoundCloud. Just uh, look up Zach's Market Edge and you'll find us there, but be sure to get us somewhere. And I'll see you again next week with plenty of more value stacks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identify and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.